Quacky, quacky, honk, honk, and a vroom, vroom, and we'll throw in a ying, 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 ying for you two-stroke fans out there as well. Welcome into another episode of Outdoor Adventures. I am Stan Poggle. I'm just here keeping the chair warm while I bring in the co-host, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, now host of Outdoor Adventures, Chris Kudak. How we doing, bud? Good, good, good. Got uh, got done fishing and had a good time. It's been a busy week fishing, and uh, special thanks to old Joe at JT Rods, some of the nicest rods I've used in a long, long time. And I'll tell you what, you guys want to go up and catch some class bass and walleyes. I mean, it's it's it hasn't quit since opener. I mean, it's 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 a bite up there, and uh, you you know, go up and have some fun. Go up there and talk to the guys at the resorts, and and they'll put you in the right spot. Yeah, definitely sounds like you've been having a lot of fun up there this year. You've had a lot of launch trips and uh, guide trips and all that fun stuff. So in the tournaments, it sounds like they're uh, catching some good numbers up there as well. Yeah, it's been, it's been. Uh, I think they got a bass tournament up there today. I was up there this morning, and, and I seen a lot of bass boats running around, a lot of bass guys. And, and there's there's a few walleye guys out, but uh, more bass guys than anything because, you know, they, you can't keep any walleye, so... You know, the guys are out fishing bass and having mm-hmm. fun. I, I had some trips this week with some guys catching bass, and we had we had a good time, caught lots of bass, and uh, it was fun. And we, we you know, catch, fishing for bass, you catch walleyes right along with them, so it's a, it's a bonus. We have a pretty big show coming up this week, Kudak, and we're going to have uh, gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson coming up here in about 5, 10 minutes, so we may break a little bit earlier here. But we had some other big news coming up, and uh, we got some... Uh, Listener questions for him. I'm sure we'll get into the situation on Mille Lacs because he's actually uh, voiced his opinion on a couple of different occasions on that. Um, we'll have some fun questions. We'll have some serious questions, and we'll see how much uh, stuff we can squeeze out of him. Well, you know, he's stepping into a, a big set of shoes here, and and people. I mean, I was up around the lake and told them we were having him on, and and uh, you know, a lot of people want to know know some answers on some things, and and when he gets on, I'm going to ask him and see what uh, you know, see what he says. Maybe maybe he'll walk around him. Maybe maybe he'll give us an answer. I I don't know. Yeah, and uh, if it goes well today, we'll probably maybe have him in if uh, he can win the primary coming up here on August 14th, which hopefully. He does, and because uh, we don't want the old guy in there, as far as I'm concerned, we've tried that no. for eight years and uh, didn't work. So let's move on to somebody new. Well, you know, maybe we get some new blood in there, and you know, maybe, you know, maybe he'll do all right. You know, maybe you know, stuff has got to change. I mean, it, it's it's not going good the way it is, and I mean, something's got to happen. I mean, something's got to happen. Yep. And uh, another big news that came out was the statewide deer plan. And their big thing they're pushing with this, apparently, Kudak, is new goals, priorities, also increased opportunities for the citizens to influence the deer decisions and aims for div- disease-free deer populations. So the DNR is saying they're going to increase the two-way communication with hunters, landowners, and others. So there may be some possible expandage, uh, expansion of the advisory groups there, but... They say they're going to listen this time. Uh, I don't know if we're going to fall for it again, but well, you know, they've been saying they're going to listen, they're going to listen, and you know, these these farmers and these guys that are out in the country. I mean, where I'm up here, uh, I mean, we got lots of deer. We had bear bear in the yard here again the other day. That's three days in a row that uh, mom and a big uh, yearling 
cub was with her and tore the neighbor's bird feeders down and, and made a mess of everything. But lots of deer out. I mean, I coming back from Malax today, there was four vehicles alongside the road there and dead deer laying everywhere. So, yeah, you know, you're going to have to send some out somewhere and, and hopefully that, uh, you know, we can do that this year. And I also read something here real quick. We're going to take a quick break early here to get uh, governor's candidate uh, Jeff Johnson on here a little bit sooner. But uh, I, I saw something uh, online somewhere, and there's rumors that possibly a statewide uh, four-fish limit for walleye may be coming down the pike. They just released the Lake of the Woods plan, so what are your thoughts on that real quick? Well, you know, I, I think four-fish, three-fish would be fine, four-fish. And get some get some revenue back around to these resorts, the businesses. Uh, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. I mean, the four fish limit. They see what Malax is now. There's so many fish in there. It's scary. I mean, well, we're this, is, this is a state. This is a water. state. This is a statewide limit, though, not just Malax. So it'd oh, be yeah, everywhere. Limit, I, I I I think that would that would be fine statewide. Four fish. You know, that I I have no problem with that. Sounds good. So we'll get into that and a whole lot more with Jeff Johnson. He's running for governor. The primary is coming up here in just a couple of weeks on August 14th. So make sure you go get your uh, voice heard there. And uh, hopefully he will be beaming in here any second now, and we will get him on with some some fun stuff. We'll, we'll kind of loosen him up a little bit, Kudak, and then we're going to throw the, the hard uh, heater right down the middle later on. That must be my questions, I take it. Oh yeah, we well both we we'll both uh, throw. Them. <laughs> I, I got a couple knuckleballs too set up here, so we'll get to that and a whole lot more here. Chris Kudak and Stan Poggle, it's Outdoor Adventures. If you want to dial in, six five one nine eight nine five eight five five six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. And hopefully we'll have Jeff Johnson, uh, governor's candidate, coming up next here. Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Continuing on here with Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Make sure you download that free iHeartRadio app. If you miss any part of the show, you can download and listen anytime. Just search Outdoor Adventures there, or you can just catch us live here on AM 1130 every Saturday night from 5 to 6 p.m. Well, Kudak, I have to admit, Kudak, I'm a little bit nervous about this. This is my first Kind of my debut political interview, and I just hope I don't screw it up so much that I have a job next Saturday. No, no, I think we'll be just fine. <laughs> We're just going to ask him questions that people want to know. People want, people want answers and see where he stands on it. I mean, you know, he if he's going to be the governor, he's going to have to ask a lot he's going to have to find more questions of this and answers when it comes right down to it i mean we're just we're just asking what people want us to ask him and see what he gives us for an answer we'll uh, we'll start her off here jeff johnson i know the real reason he's joining us kudak he said he had a family reunion so i think he's just trying to get away from the in-laws for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i know i would pull the same prank (laughs) how we doing jeff i'm actually up in detroit lakes and we uh it, it is a family reunion on my dad's side, um, and we just got back from the Becker County Fair, so life is good. Very well, good. I had my daughter; she's up there. My, my granddaughter is up there riding horses at Detroit Lakes with her girl, oh. with her with her little friend. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, it's beautiful up here. Well, yep, I've been to Detroit Lakes. I got lots of friends in Detroit Lakes. Oh, good. 
Well, let's yeah, I grew uh, get things born and raised. Born let's and get raised things started. Uh, it's glad to hear you're from the Detroit Lakes area. I know a lot of great outdoors up there. And uh, what the one question I wanted to ask you just to start off, I'll throw you a real. Uh, I, I I think this is kind of an easy one. What are you going to do, or what can we do as outdoorsmen to help you uh, educate other legislatures? As far because I've always heard there aren't a lot of people in the legislature or Congress that that are involved, whether it's motorcycling, hunting, fishing. How how do we educate those people so they're, so they're not hoodwinking us all the time? You know, I mean, it is a as a guy who was in the legislature just for a few years, quite a while ago. It's it is literally just a one on one thing. Most legislators, not all, but most legislators, if they have a constituent who gives them a call and wants to chat with them or stops by the the Capitol or um, you know says, hey, when you're back in the district, would you give me thirty minutes to grab coffee with you and I can tell you, you know, what it is that concerns me. Most legislators are really open to that. It's, in fact, they're most of them are much more interested in that than hearing from a lobbyist because most lobbyists are paid to tell you what they're paid to tell you. And um, I, I honestly, I think it's that, you know, call them, uh, sh- shoot them an email and say, can I have 20 minutes of your time? And uh, most of them will listen, and it's good. That's a, that's the best way to do it. Okay, so we'll just go back and forth here. So, Kudak, you fire off next. Uh, my question is, you were up at Mille Lacs, I believe, yesterday, up at the McCoy's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I was up there today because I, I work on a lake. I've been around Mille Lacs for many, many years. And uh, I, you know, people ask me questions. Your running mate is who? My running mate is Donna Bergstrom from Duluth. And, and now is she, is she uh, from the Red Lake Nation or White Earth Nation? She is Red Lake. She is um, a former lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps Reserve, and uh, has been a, a small business person, and her mother was from the Red Lake Nation. And where where do you guys stand on the on the netting in Malax Lake and the casino? You know, the casino. This is a two part question. Where do you stand on the netting on Malax Lake? What what they're doing? And the next part is, okay, the casino. They're making lots of money between Hinkley and Malacca, millions of dollars, I believe. Yep. Um, plus, they are getting government subsidy for their housing and their workers. Where do you where do you stand on that? Uh, so, a couple questions there. The the first part regarding the the netting, um, and I actually think that there's a bigger issue there. That was what the whole town hall was about up in uh, Malax yesterday. We had over 100, like 120 people from the area show up. Um, and there is just such great frustration up there now with the whole co-management system that is happening between the tribe and essentially the DNR. Um, it's not working. It's not working at all. Um, netting is a piece of that. And uh, I, I think we have to, as we negotiate with the tribes as to, you know, what the quota is and who gets to do what, um, that is one of those pieces that I think we have to push back on really hard. And, you know, and part of this uh, court ruling that came down in the 1990s gave us a a process that some don't like the process, but it's what the federal court gave us. And what has been happening for the past couple decades is the DNR is supposed to be representing the people of Minnesota and the sportsmen and women of the Mille Lacs area. 
um, with respect to negotiating with the tribe as to, you know, who can take what, what the quota is, what the allocation is, whether you can net or not. Um, and the DNR really, in, in my opinion, and certainly the, the opinion of most of the people that were at the meeting last night, has not been negotiating hard at all. In fact, they've been saying, okay, tell us what you want, and then that's what we'll give you. And, uh, you know, what I have said is, as governor, we're going to negotiate aggressively. Uh, because right now it does not seem like what is what the outcome of these negotiations has been has, is very fair to people outside the tribe. And if we negotiate aggressively and we can't get to a place where I, as governor, believe that we have a fair outcome for everyone so that everyone can enjoy that lake, then we'll take the next step in the process that's been given to us and go back to court and make our case. And uh, you, that's a good you, you. You did a good job there. I got to get, but you that you're going in the right area there. Uh, the casinos, okay. Yep. You know they're they're getting government subsidy over there. The workers are getting government subsidy. The casino, the housing. I don't know if anybody drove you back behind the the reservation there in the casinos and seen all them new houses they got that are all boarded no. up. I mean it's it's it's. I drove back there here the other day because I got a cabin on the west side of the lake there, and and I'll tell you what. You drive around that west side of the lake, and it makes you sick to see what's what's going on over there. And and they got lots of problems over there that we could talk about for days and days and days. Right. And I'm sure you probably heard them up up on the other side of the lake when you were there yesterday. Why couldn't the state? No. Why couldn't we go put five casinos up in the state and pay our taxes? You know, the Indians right now are not when they buy land, they don't pay any taxes on any of that. We're not getting any money from that casino. So why don't we put? put five, six casinos up or put gambling into bars and restaurants, slot machines or whatever, like they got up in the, uh, the waiters up there in their bars or bars and gas stations and pay our taxes and, and, and put some back into our resources. So, I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I have not been a supporter of any sort of expanded gambling in the past in Minnesota. The last time it came up for me was 12 years ago or 14 years ago when I was in the legislature for a couple reasons. Um, number one, I, it, it does bring with us with it a lot of negative um, side effects with respect to people who have trouble with gambling. But my bigger issue is that I see it as a as a new revenue resource for the state, so that the state can just continue to increase spending. But I also have to say, in the 12 years or 14 years since I last looked at this. Uh, my mind is opening to looking at the possibility of the state doing something with this because, you know, there is a monopoly right now. And if we want to have any sort of leverage, uh, we may have to uh, – I'll just say I'm open to that where I really have not been before um, because, it, you know, there's a lot of people who enjoy gambling in, in moderation, and it's a great pastime for them. And the fact that um, – you know, the, the state is not benefiting from that at all. Uh, I'm open to looking at that more so than I'd probably ever have been before. Well, I heard now today that uh, the band wants to take Mille Lacs over. They want, they want to come in there now. One of the chiefs wants to uh, consider the whole lake as sovereign nation. Yeah, I, and, and that I have not heard. I mean, we... we I don't think that's going to happen. It certainly wouldn't happen if, if I'm governor. We would push back on that as hard as we could push back. I know there's a lawsuit uh, in place right now between the state, the county, and the tribe regarding, uh, you know, the, the boundary lines, essentially, and who has jurisdiction over what. And um, that's been going on for 
a while, like 15, 20 years, that there's been a fight about that. And the state has always taken the same position as Mille Lacs County in saying that, no, there, you know, there's not going to be some expansion of the boundaries of, the, of tribal property. And I would certainly continue that position. We are chatting with Jeff Johnson, the next uh, governor of the state of Minnesota, coming up here in a few months in the primary coming up August 14th. And uh, well, we brought up that controversy about Mille Lacs, Jeff, so heck, why not? let's just jump into health care. Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, but one thing I have noticed, and I'm, relative, I'm in my early 40s, I'll just uh, put it out there, but I just want to tell you a quick story. I'll try to keep it quick. But basically, this was back about 25 years ago, just out of school. Um, you know, I worked a year out of high school to help pay for my post-secondary education. At the time, I was, at, you know, no college education, no vocational, no special skills, worked at a factory, made 13 bucks an hour, paid maybe 10 bucks a month, if I remember right, for my health care. I had a $250 deductible. And now, 20 years later, 25 years later, that same factory worker is getting 13 bucks an hour. Instead, they're paying three, four, five hundred $500. Like, for example, now, mine is $284 a month. So how do we, how did it get there? And when is it going to end? Because for folks like me, it's impossible to pay for everything. Well, right. And, and just to add to that, you know, that same person's probably paying several hundred dollars a month and they probably have a ten or $12,000 deductible, which for much of Minnesota means you really don't have insurance at all because people don't have 10,000 bucks sitting around if something, you know, terrible happens. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we, we have almost no competition in the health insurance market and that, you know, there's only a few insurers that actually sell in this state. And uh, we don't, we don't allow the market, we don't allow them to compete against each other, which we need to do because, uh, and they don't want more competition, but I think government should um, make sure that that occurs. And, you know, part of the problem, I think government is actually part of the problem. They've created part of this problem, certainly under the, the ACA, Obamacare, as we know it, and Minsure in Minnesota. When government came in, federal government came in and said, listen, we know best what everybody's insurance policy must look like. Here are all the coverages you have to have. It doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or if you're 75 years old. You have to be covered for these 72 different things. And if you would prefer to purchase a uh, limited coverage policy with a higher deductible, we don't care. We know best. And that, you know, when the less competition there is, the higher prices go up. We, Minnesota and actually has probably the best. So oh, go ahead. And you've got an insulin pump, and you've had this and that. You can't afford it because you, you, with Medtronics and you're messing with these people and trying to get your insulin and trying to get insurance, you know, you walk into the drugstore to go get a bottle of insulin so you're not, you don't fall over dead. They're charging you $100 a bottle. Well, if you're on disability or Social Security, you can't afford it. Right. Well, and, you know, one thing Minnesota did better than any state in the country say, 15, 20 years ago, um, we did a really good, we had more competition than we have now, frankly, but we covered more people. More people were covered in Minnesota than any state in the country. And one thing we did was we took care of people that needed help better than anywhere else, too. We had something called, it was called MCHA back then, it was called the high-risk pool, and uh, that we had to get rid of that. 
under the ACA. And now we're hearing states all over the country saying, oh, we should have a high-risk pool. That would work a lot better with the, than what this is. And essentially what it said is if you have a pre-existing condition or if you cannot afford coverage in the marketplace because of and, you know, a, a, a condition that you have that simply makes it too expensive, um, we are going – there will be coverage here in this high-risk pool and it will be what the market rate would be with a little bit added on for just your average person without that condition. It was expensive um, for taxpayers, but taxpayers were willing to do that to help those people who were most in need. And it was cheaper than what we're doing now and did a much better job of covering people. So my thought would be, let's as a starting point, let's move back to what we had 15 years ago, which was working not perfectly, but better and then start start um, introducing some of this competition into the marketplace for those people who do have insurance, say through their employer, and uh, you know are paying for twenty or fifty or seventy percent of it, so that there are more options and more choices for them. Because I think that's what's killing people, at least in the market, is lack of options. And the fewer options you have, the higher the price goes. It's just how the market works. Well, we're about to turn the screws on gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson here. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Jeff. We really appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll throw you a few more questions and have a little fun as well. When we come back here, it's Outdoor Adventures. The news is next here on AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Into the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Chatting with gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson. Big primary coming up on August 14th, so make sure you uh, go out and uh, cast your vote. And uh, we've got a few more questions here for Jeff. We've hit in the Mac situation a bit. We've hit health care a little bit. And uh, we're going to throw you an easy one to start off the segment here, Jeff. This one from a listener. Ketchup or catsup? <laughs> ketchup. It's never right, good. Said it that way. I, I do. I, I, I had a first grade teacher that said catsup, and oh, it just almost gave me cringes. <laughs> Agreed. So, Kudak, you got, I know you have a few more questions. You go ahead. Well, you know, we go back to the, the casino deal. You know, if we built, say, three, four casinos, just think of the, the people in the state that we could put back to work. And, and, you know, we could, we could use it for, you know, uh, outdoor parks or, or state parks or, 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 you know, our taxes. I mean, we could try to lower our taxes with that revenue. Because, I mean, yep. you know, here a while back, we, we got our license fees all went up our, on everything, our vehicles. I mean, years ago, you bought a new vehicle, you, you, you know, you didn't pay $500 for your license tabs. You paid a hundred something dollars. And, now you got a wheel tax, and you got this tax, and each county can put their, you know, their taxes on the deal. I mean, if we somehow we got to bring some more revenue to the state, so we can bring our taxes down. Well, and I, I agree with you on part of that statement. I do not think we need more revenue. That that for me, that's not the argument for a casino, um, because the state has increased spending by I think fifty three percent in eight years, and revenue continues to increase, and we're one of the top tax states in the in the country. I I believe, however, that we take way too much money from the people in this state, and it, we could do a much better job of prioritizing our spending. We could actually stand at the cut in some places, and nobody would even notice. 
Um, but when we are in the top, we're probably in the top five or maybe eight in almost every tax category. The license tab fees are a great example of that. Uh, income tax, sales tax, beer tax, uh, gas tax, cigarette tax, estate tax. Um, there are probably 10 others. And uh, we still have a lot of people in St. Paul who will say, we don't have enough money year after year after year. We do. Now, you know, could, could uh, w- with casinos, could you bring in a little more? Um, you probably could. I am not convinced, though, unless we have a very significant change in the attitude of our governor, that that would help taxpayers in any way because they would just spend it on other things. I, I think it's time that we start rolling back taxes in this state. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, too, Jeff, uh, is, you know, everybody says, oh, we're going to cut spending or, oh, we're going to shift money here to there. And it's it's a delicate balance. But one thing I've noticed and is there's so many special interest groups out there. Now, I love dogs just as much as the next guy. I wish I had a big acreage so I could get a dog to uh, let it roam free, so to speak. But, you know... Spending millions of dollars on dog parks or millions of dollars yep. on, you know, I mean, pick your topic. I mean, it, sure, I'd love a private road to drive my motorcycle down so I was a little bit safer from the uh, crazy drivers here in the metro area. But you know what? I don't expect every other Minnesotan or everybody, every other U.S. citizen to pay for that special favor for me. So yep. how, do we, how do we get rid of that? Well, you, you need a different attitude in government, and we need different leaders, frankly. I mean, I, I was just in a debate in Mankato a couple days ago. Uh, Dim Valenti didn't show up, but I showed up and, and the Democrats showed up. And the answer to every single question for them was, well, we, you know, we, we're going to increase spending. And they got asked question after question, or we got asked question after question, well, will you promise to fully fund this or increase spending on that? And their answer always was yes. And my answer always was, no, I'm not going to make any promises to increase spending on anything because we, we, we are already spending plenty in this state, and, and we, we can't be everything to everyone. Um, there was a question about broadband, and I think it's really important that you know, we do a better job in greater Minnesota of making sure people are connected. But I said that that's not a job for government. That's a job for the private sector, and if there are some incentives we can create, to hit certain areas, that that's great. One of the other candidates said, no, it is a job for government, and we have to make sure every single person in this state has coverage. And if that means we, the government has to build a line to a single house out here in this part of the state, so be it. Well, that's preposterous. But it's unsustainable. That, is, I mean, that goes to your comment. And we can't afford that, and nor do most Minnesotans think that that's reasonable. So we've got to change the attitude more than anything else, and, you know, start realizing that government is not the answer to everyone's problem. And that was another question a listener have had kind of on, on a similar uh, scale, I guess, but how do you balance, and I'm sure you get tugged in every different direction, I get it, but balance between, let's just say, the wagon pullers that are paying the taxes and going to work for 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and then the guy over on the other side that, Oh, I need this, or I need that, or yeah. why why am I not getting more? How do well, you balance that? We we you balance it by saying figure let's figure out what our top priorities are, and make sure we're funding them well. For me, that means we need a good K twelve education system. We need to make sure people are safe, so we have to fund our police and our fire. Uh, we need to have a good transportation system, and my greatest focus will be on 
roads and bridges and a good bus system. Uh, and then we need a safety net for the most vulnerable people in our society, our, our elderly citizens, those who have disabilities or mental health issues. Um, I, I actually don't think we do a good enough job with respect to that. But the reason is that we've decided we have to fund everything for everyone rather than focusing on those people who truly have a need. And then I think any Minnesotan would say, yes, I'm willing to pay taxes to help this disabled person because he or she needs help. Um, but, you know, we've, we've gotten to a point with our human services spending where we have we've just created program on top of program on top of program. And we keep adding to them decade after decade without ever going back and saying all these old programs that we're still funding. Are they even doing anything? Are they helping anyone or are they just creating generational poverty and a crutch? There are programs like that. I think there's a lot of them personally. We never measure them to figure out which ones are working and helping people become self-sufficient and which ones aren't. So, that, you know, it's about prioritizing. It's about measuring. And it's about the ability to say no once in a while because that's yeah. what that's well, I think that's a lot. What a lot of the wagon pullers get angry and upset about is, you know, they're they're working hard, they're doing everything, and then there's one percent of the population or three percent of the population that wants, you know, lollipops flying out of the sky on Friday evenings or whatever you want to say, <laughs> you know, and 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 all of us wagon pullers got to pay for that, and and it really kind of rubs us the wrong way. Well, and we've we've created a disincentive to work in this state because we do. I mean, for some people, and I, I hear this, I've heard this multiple times where people have told me, you know, for me to go get a part-time job would be a bigger cut in the benefits I get than what I would make, and I have yep. to pay taxes on top of that. So to me, we've got to figure that out. I think we should have a work requirement for anyone who's able to work who wants welfare benefits and um, encourage people to work, not, not as a punishment, but because work is an intrinsic it's intrinsically good. It's, yep. You know, it's one way that we. Why, why wouldn't it be we're just, created in God's image? You know, if, if you're, if you're, you know, you're collecting uh, uh, not a disability, but you're collecting food stamps or or any of that. Hey, a lot of these people can go get a job. Well, why don't you say, okay, here's the deal: when you come in for your welfare check or your food stamps, we're going to give you a, a, a chemical test to see if you're doing whatever. And either that or you go get a job. Yeah, I, and and I I would I support that. I I do believe that we should have drug testing for people who are receiving benefits. Um, but I think regardless of that drug test, I I think the the work requirement is actually the most important piece. That if if you want benefits and you're able to work, for those who aren't, that's fine. Um, but if you're able to work, then you either have to be working or looking for work. And I can tell you right now. The biggest concern I hear from businesses all over this state is that they can't find people who will work. They, they are they're you know, people. Businesses aren't expanding because they cannot find employees. And so, you know, to argue that there aren't decent jobs out there is simply false. There's a desperate need for workers, and this would help with that. Okay, Jeff Johnson, we got a couple of minutes to uh, to wrap things up. First, I want to thank you for coming on with us here on Outdoor Adventures. A couple of rapid-fire questions here. We are a hunting and outdoors fishing show, so I have to ask these. Do you fish? I do, although I haven't fished in a while. I grew up fishing, but uh, it's probably it's been a few years. Okay, do you hunt? Uh, pheasant hunts. You know, once a year or so. I didn't grow up as a sportsman, to be honest okay. with you. Um, 
but uh, but now I, I I try to get out with some buddies at least once a year and do some bird hunting. Okay. Do you own a four wheeler, snowmobile, or motorcycle? I do not. Well, what the heck, Jeff? Come on now. We're going to have to get you on the motorcycle here. <laughs> well, Expand and I, uh, your horizons I, a little you know, bit. I, again, I grew up snowmobiling, um, but uh, living in Plymouth right now, we just don't. But I'm a believer that we have a we have a beautiful state that people should be able to enjoy, including people who want to use their four-wheeler or snowmobile. And sometimes we have people standing in the way of that. Uh, that I don't think is reasonable. And I was going to ask you, you've been in the legislature and you're, you're on the inside. What what do you think the percentage, because I've asked this question to many people, and I've never really been able to get a concrete answer, but what do you think is the actual participation in those things that I mentioned, hunting, fishing, um, boaters, four-wheelers, owning guns, snowmobiles, motorcyclers, what percentage, just even if you had to throw a guess out, would you say, as far as congressmen, legislators, lawmakers uh, participate truly, in those things? I'd truly have to throw a guess out because I don't know. But I would say more than half, maybe not a lot more than half. But, I, you know, if, you, if you're going to add all of those things together, I would say um, more than half are, are engaged directly in those. And then there's a, probably a few others who aren't engaged in them, but certainly are um, – sympathetic to the concerns and then there are others who aren't and they're just on the opposite side on that and then and, and believe i don't i don't do this and don't believe in that so i don't think anybody else should be able to either yeah i think right. that's part of the problem though too is you know uh uh you know it'd be like me giving somebody in tv advice i've never done tv so what do i know about tv broadcasting yeah. and I, I guess i think your guess is maybe a little high in my opinion anyway or way high but i guess when you combine them all that could be fair a fair guesstimate but you know if you have somebody that doesn't do the things that they're involved with they're not going to make the right decisions for those people in my opinion well or they should rely upon the people who are active in that for advice i mean that's when i talk about the dnr for example um, and who the DNR commissioner should be. I believe with respect to all my commissioners, if they have political experience, so be it. But that's not going to be a requirement. My requirement is going to be they actually have real-life experience with whatever it is they're regulating. And, uh, you know, the Department of Ag needs to be somebody who's actually farmed the land. Yep. The DNR needs to be somebody who actually is a sportsman or a sportswoman and, and understands how their regulations are affecting real people on the ground. And to me, that is, that's crucial. And, you know, as governor, you are going to make decisions about all kinds of things that you've never experienced yourself. It's just the reality of it. And so you need to surround yourself with people who have, and then rely on their advice. I think that's a that's an important trait of a leader. You got anything to do, uh, wrap things up, Kudak? Well, I would think as a governor, you know, you're going to be busy, but, you know, you should be able to get away to go meet with these people or go, go, you know, instead of listening to the state representatives, go meet with the people that are there. Go meet with the farmers. Go meet with the yeah. businessmen, the bait store guys or, or whatever, and sit down and have a meeting with the resorters or, or whoever, which are, or the four-wheeler groups, and sit down and say, okay, what can I do for you? You know, or come out, or come into my office if you can get down here on such and such a day and put an hour away for these people. It just just to get what what their output is, and then you can sit, then you you've got a handle on what you're talking about and what you know. 
Absolutely. And, and that's exactly how I'm running this campaign. It's why we had 120 people in, uh, you know, on one of the shores of Mille Lacs last night. So we could talk about what, tell, tell us what's going on on the ground. I'll tell you what I think, but I want to know what you think and how do we solve this mess. Um, and we're traveling all over the state. I was at a, uh, two dairy farms and a, an ethanol plant and a co-op in a two day period out in southwestern Minnesota earlier this week. That's how those are the people that should be making these decisions, uh, not necessarily politicians and certainly not unelected bureaucrats in the agencies. It should be the actual people who are affected by the decisions we make, uh, making those decisions. And I'm going to rely heavily on those people and get out of St. Paul um, all the time because I think that's the only way you learn those things. Yeah, you stay a little more sane getting outside of the city. That is uh, definitely a fact. Jeff Johnson, best of luck to you in the primary on August 14th against uh, a guy we will not mention here on the radio. And uh, best of luck to you. And I got, I have to ask, now be careful with this one. One last real quick question. But be careful because this could be a trap. If you do end up being the governor, next governor of the state of Minnesota, we have the governor's fishing opener every year, and I believe it's in Albert Lee next year. Will now I'm the bottle bass champion of uh, outdoors here. I don't know if you knew that. So, will you use taxpayer dollars to buy Stan a beer at the governor's <laughs> opener? <laughs> I'll buy him a beer, but never with taxpayer dollars. How's oh, that? Oh, uh, that is that is perfect. That, that's a win win for everyone. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You take care, Jeff. Bye-bye. That is uh, Jeff Johnson. Uh, Go vote for him on uh, August 14th. That was a fun interview. Uh, He's got a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he he didn't walk around the questions, and he answered them as best as he could. And, you know, I'm kind of impressed with the the gentleman. And and I I, I got some more questions. I'll be seeing him at Game Fair. He's coming down here with Rob and and Shirk or Bill. Ron Shear, and they're going to have some questions for him down there. So I'm probably going to go down there on a Saturday and sit in with that deal. But uh, he's got some good answers, and if he sticks by his, what he says, he might be all right. Yeah, and I believe he may be on the uh, next uh, episode coming up here on Twin Cities News Talk. I just heard from the grapevine that he was possibly going to be on uh, Black Republican, Black Democrat coming up here right after the top of the hour news on News Talk. So uh, tried to get to everybody questions. Uh, didn't quite get to all of them, but that's the way it goes. You only have so much time in the day and uh, so much time on the air here. So we will uh, possibly have him on again here after the upcoming primary as things head into the uh, general election coming up here. So we will take our final break here on Outdoor Adventures. If you'd like to pipe in for the final segment, 651-989-5855. We'll chat a little bit more about the uh, latest deer management plan and other things coming up in the outdoors when we return for one final round here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Everybody's broke, Bobby's got a buck Put a dollar's worth of gas in his pickup truck 
One final thing to wrap things up here on Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities Newstalk. Don't forget, Black Republican, Black Democrat is coming up next. And uh, rumor has it, Jeff Johnson will be on their show as well in closed circuit to Jamar and Pat Wynn. If uh, you do need to get a hold of me before the show at any time, call the studio line because my phone, I think, is, uh, I think my phone is t- finally uh, had its last breath, Kudak. It finally, you finally dropped it for the last time, huh? Oh, that thing has probably been dropped, uh, I would say, in the hundreds of times, if not thousands. It's been a really good phone. I had the Otter case on, which uh, I actually put it through the uh, pulley system on my lawnmower once. It was actually rubbing on there for about six hours while I was mowing grass, and it, it survived that. So, I mean, you can't ask for much more from a phone than that. Well, I got a kick. I was coming back from the lake this morning, and uh, I'm going south. I'm 169, and I'm following, oh, a couple of vehicles, and naturally they were doing the text messaging or whatever they do when they're driving with their phones. Oh, yeah, that's and smart. I'm looking at these motorcycles going north, and there must have been 15, 20 of them. Every one of them had a sidecar. No way. Every one you are of them. full I, of it. I, I almost had to turn around and see somehow to figure out how to take a picture with my flip phone, but <laughs> they were they were they were heading north and I, I looked to see if there was a stand a sighting of Stan in the in the in the sidecar with his head bobbing, but it wasn't. Uh, there must maybe there's some festival up there somewhere. Who knows? They got a festival for, for pretty much anything now, so I wouldn't doubt it. Well, they got one in Princeton today. They got one in Gilman. They got uh, I mean, there's there's stuff going. I mean, every, every it's going all over. I mean, there's. There's something going on for the for the next month now. And we got Camp Confidence coming up on the 24th, 25th for the disabled kids there. We're taking out again for or fishing has no boundaries, so we'll be doing that. We'll get Bob Slay by and probably uh, here in the next few weeks to have him talk about that. Let, us, let everybody know if they want to come up and participate, they're more than welcome. I'm surprised you didn't come down to our neck of the woods here, Kudak. Uh, big, I think it was today, the Tim McGraw show, the free show out there on uh, Palmer Point. I thought you'd maybe be out there uh, uh, schmoozing and, and and cruising. Well, they want me to go up and sing all the time. I told them I gave that up. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Oh, man, I would love to see that. That'd but be anyways, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting election, and it's going to be pretty good to to see what comes out about this deal. I'd like to see if any of these other guys that are running for the, for the governor's deal would, would want to be on our show. So if anybody knows any of these other guys, feel free to get have them get a hold of us, and, and we'd like to get them on there and, and ask them some questions, too. Well, we could probably line that up. I know uh, my friend Sue Jeffers and your friend Sue Jeffers, she definitely has a lot of different ends as far as the political game goes. So I'm sure if we wanted to get a few more representatives on from the government i'm sure she could probably line us up with a couple anyway well i'd like to get a couple of these other ones on and just to find out and and have some callers call in and, and have them ask some questions i mean it, it's uh it's that time of year you know we get the new governor we want somebody that's going to do something you know if you really want to do something for the listeners kudak you always say to me you know stan you know, we we love I love the listeners and and I do too myself obviously, but you know, you you've brought it up a couple of times about, you know, maybe we should do something for the listeners, you know, have a special event. How about you buy a couple of kegs of beer? I'll bring some uh hot dogs and hamburgers. We'll have a big grill out and uh town hall meeting with outdoor adventures at your place and we'll 
We'll tear around in the four-wheelers. We'll shoot some beer cans. We'll shoot some clay targets, you know. Maybe have a couple of rowdy women stop by. You never know. Well, I thought for sure you were going to say, well, let's go get on the launch and go fishing. I thought that was what's coming up with the keg of beer. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like a lot more fun having a town hall at your place. Yeah, but I don't think they'd be letting us shoot guns over here. I think we'd, we'd have the, the, the popo over here seeing us. So what do you got going this weekend? Uh, I am uh, I'm probably going to go up and go fishing tomorrow with some guys. And uh, other than that, it's going to be a pretty pretty easy weekend. I had the grandkids there oh, last week or a week before for a few days, and that kind of pooped me out. And I got my grass cut, and it's been raining off and on here. It looks like it could rain any minute. And Dickie, he's out fishing with the group on his boat, so he's all happy. So it's been a, it's been a good weekend. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, do a launch trip with you or a guide trip? Uh, give me a call, 320-630-1761, and just leave me a message, or I'll get back to you. All righty, buddy. We we survived another show. We survived our first political interview. Uh, I, I'm proud of myself and yourself as well. Maybe Sue will want us on her show so we can go sit and talk with her one of these days. I tell you what, you put you two blabbermouths in, in one in two microphones, we may never get off the air. Well, we could. We got three hours. We could use two her two hours at our hour. We'd have fun. All right, I'll go do something else during those three hours. Then you guys can have it. Yeah, we could do it. All right, Smarty Pants. Right, we'll, we'll get you behind the board. Take it easy. That is legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Stan Poggle, average everyday outdoorsman and two-time. Don't forget it. Raining bottle bass champion. Thanks for tuning in to Outdoor Adventures. Check out some fun stuff on Facebook as well. Black Republican, Black Democrat. That is up next here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Good morning,